everyone. A very big hello uh, to everyone who has joined us live. A fond howdy to those listening to us on the streaming platform of your choice. Welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode 76. Just to let you know as a quick heads up, at this moment in time, I can officially announce that our previous episode has now gone live on the streaming platform of your choice. So if you're listening to us on that, try and join us live. I am Josie Howarth, and as always, I am joined by my co-host with the most is Chris Seabach. You nearly called me a co-hostess then, didn't you? No, I didn't even cross my mind to call you a co-host. I thought you said mostess at the end, you say. so. Mostest. <laughs> uh, oh, fa- I, I shall enunciate more for yes, your Yes, you should. We were just talking about um, different dialects and, uh, and this and the other before the show. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Josie. And as always, everybody in chat, please do get involved. It is a live show. Uh, we will answer questions and get you involved and mention your comments uh, as things go along. We're going to get straight into it. There's no other preamble today. Um, I'm going to no. let Josie start because I... I pretty much dominated the last um, <laughs> last episode. So, so what have you got a topic today, Josie? What did you want to talk about? Well, the thing is, I am in the process with my husband of looking at moving. You have also just recently, well, not really recently, but you've moved, so you've been through the process. One year and so two di- have- two days ago. One year and two days ago we moved. Oh, so I actually have quite a few questions for you, but I also want to talk about some of the experiences we've been having so far. So... As we know, moving is not easy. Uh, we own our home, so we have a mortgage, etc. Um, and we've had realtors come to our house and give us valuations. And, you know, we've had questions about the whole process of the valuation and stuff like that. But we had one particular realtor who walked in. And when we stated, you know, we're looking at getting a valuation pre and post any work we may choose to do on the house to raise its value because we wanted to make certain that any work we did actually had a financial return and wasn't just a waste of our time considering we want to move really fast. And this one realtor walked in and he pointed out, it's almost like he walked in with the pitch ready. Have you heard of the modern auction? And that face from Chris means no. No, Go on. Interesting. So there is a modern method of auction for houses. And what this is, is it's a bit like eBay for homes. You uh, go through with the same pictures and stuff like that. And um, you have your estimated costs and things like that. But the way that they do it is they um, say, for example, your house will be worth, um, they think it could value at like 180 but you set the reserve at like a reserve, reserve, or the start of the bid at like 170. So they they always do just a little bit below to try to drum up interest. Mm-hmm. And then your house sits on this auction house website, and people can bid, and the bids are visible. So you can actually okay. see how the bids work, and they're up for like they'll put it up for like two weeks. After which point in time, if the reserve that you have set that is not necessarily publicly visible to the rest of the world is selected, um, there is a uh, 10% deposit that is immediately required to be paid by the person who put the auction or who who bought the or won the auction. And um, it's a really weird... The, the only way I can put it is we'd never heard of it. 
And it's this really weird system. And it leans very heavily towards the seller. It really does. Because the entire process, once it starts, has to be completed within a fixed period of time. They have mm. X amount of days to get the full uh, value uh, to you. They have X amount of days to get certain paperwork done. They get X amount of days. And, and that's just part of the whole process. Now, traditionally, when you were in the process of selling your home, out of curiosity, I just have to know, how long did it take you to go from selling to moving? And were you in a chain? Uh, we were not and in we a chain. We probably need to explain what a chain is to people because that's not a thing in America. So welcome to DNI Stream, the uh, estate agent uh, podcast for starters apparently so <laughs> or the realtor <laughs> as uh Jilsey likes to use her still using your american parlance even though you're you're a resident of the uk you don't call days. them realtors not at all known has has um has Gwint's not said this to you before no wait wait the thing is i think my husband translates josie mm. On the fly. I mean, we've been... All the state agents in the UK. We've been, um, we've been married happily for so long, he translates my language, I think, by default. So, I mean, I, my, my, wife have to, my, my wife has to do that with mine. My kind of North Yorkshire slash Geordie slash kind of smoggy, like, mishmash of words that I come up with. Um, so, anyway, we, we, smoggy's the term for um, Northeast... Uh, Specifically, I didn't people know that. specifically people from here. Stockton, Middlesbrough, uh, oh. Darlington, that kind of area. Mostly Stockton and Middlesbrough because they're right near an ICI, so they're called the Smoggies because of the smog from the ICI, which is a big uh, chemical plant. Um, which right. is why I had childhood asthma and everything else. Um, so to answer your question, no, we were not in a chain. So I was very lucky. The house that we bought was completely empty. Um, the house that we bought. Uh, what were the other questions specifically? Because I don't want to ramble. Well, well no, no. <laughs> welcome to the new DNI, where rambling is a thing. Although rambling in this country has a completely different meaning because it's about walking places. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I was curious how long the actual process took from you from going. Our house is now on the market to you've actually moved. So we had we were at the time of selling it was an unprecedentedly busy busy time because for a number of reasons one my house my previous house was a first time buyer's house it was a dream for a first time buyer i'd spent a lot of money on it doing it up and it was a two bedroom end terrace so it was kind of like a really sought after house in the local area because most of the most of the first time buyer houses are terraces um, the price was just about right. You know, I put it on for ten grand less than I wanted for it. Um, I got five grand less than than that in the end. But the whole process, I think it was only a few months. Uh, if my wife's listening, hopefully she can be a bit more specific. But we, we it would have been shorter. When I say a few, I'm talking two, maybe three at the most. It would have been shorter if the estate agent had pulled the finger out. They hadn't put a board up outside our house for for the first two of like two months, and I had to chase them for it. They hadn't done certain things on the listing that they should have done. Um, there'd been no kind of promotion of the house. I think they said that they don't promote it for a little bit, and then they do afterwards. But they just didn't start doing it. As soon as I started chasing them, pushing them, we started getting viewings every day for for quite a while and it was like the third or fourth person that came that wanted it and they put in a good offer and we were like can you go a little bit higher and they did they met in the middle so we were lucky the actual moving process from and again i was quite lucky with this um 
at the time, we already had eyes on the house we wanted. So that, that took takes up quite a little, you know, the chain part of it takes up quite a bit of time. Um, the vendor who sold us this house, his, his solicitor was a little bit slow, but my solicitor was on the ball. It was one of them kind of... Uh, um, they, they they kind of go through, they just do conveyancing and they just go through tons and tons and tons of houses, if you know what I mean. So it was very quick. They knew exactly what they were doing and kind of just got it through the, 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 the books and went through everything, you know, as, as clear as I needed to, as, as deep as I needed to. But um, my wife has just said three or four months maybe, um, from maybe six to eight months from putting it on the market to actually selling it. But that was quite quick, in my experience at least. Was there well, another see, question? It's interesting you say that because... <clears throat> the quote-unquote modern method of auction, um, because it has its uh, fixed boundaries, and I think, and I'll have to just quickly verify, but I, I'm pretty certain that it was like they have two months to get all of the paperwork sorted if they've won the auction. Mm -hmm. Is that is? I'm just quickly looking at the husband. Yeah, basically. So yeah, <laughs> all of the searches and all that that happen after uh, a sale is agreed. Yeah. Right, yeah. 20, so, 28 days to sort out the finances and 28 further days to complete. Yeah, so they have 28 days to sort out the finances, 28 days to um, then complete everything. But like a lot of the pre-work is done ahead of time. There's like an auctioneer's packet or something that gets done as well. But the thing that... The thing that... Like we... we <sighs> Our house is what we call lovingly lived in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we've been doing work on and off on this house for a very long period of time. And we know that there are things that can be worked on. Every single realtor that we had said, you know, your house is perfect for either the first time buyer or for someone who um, wants to come in, rip things apart, rejigger things up and then, you know, yeah. resell it off or even rent it because we are in a really prime location. Um, I mean, we're on the outskirts of Leeds. It doesn't take much to get into Leeds from exactly like, like a hundred yards from our house. And it's an actually very beautiful area with a huge park and walking paths. And we're in a prime location, hmm. but each one of them had their own opinion as to what would be the best method of selling. But we had Never in our lives heard of this modern method so, of auction. It sounds like eBay. I mean, you can actually sell that, houses well, on exactly eBay. That's exactly what they said. Well, that's yeah. what they said. They said this is a more, this is like eBay. Um, and in fact, it's one of those things that feels weird because the way that it was explained was, you know, let's say that the auction is set to end on Friday at noon. And most of the people who bid on these homes are told, wait until the last minute. Because mm. you can sneak in your best bid the way eBay does. You know, you have people who sit there waiting to see if they can't snag something at the right price. Um, but the way that this works is, say it, it is a, a 11.59 and someone puts in their bid because they're chasing it. It extends the auction by a few minutes. Right. Giving other people a chance to, to challenge that bid. For something such, and, a, such a big, you know, a big purchase. I think that seems fair, though. Well, I, I completely agree with that. Um, but at the same time, it's it's so heavily slanted towards the buyers. Mm. And that's everything that we've heard. Because we've talked to quite a few realtors. Sorry, 
estate agents. And the ones who never mention the modern method of auction to us have also stated, you know, there's a reason why they don't do it, why they don't offer it. They've looked into it. And then there are others who said, um, yeah, this is what we try to push because it really does work well for the buyer. And I think part of it comes from the fact that the sale or the, the fees are put on the buyer, not on the seller. Um, they have to pay the fees for, I think, the the whole process. That's part so of the thing. When you when you find an estate agent, I don't know how it works in America. It's a different system. But in the UK, these days, you either have a fixed price, i.e., that's the selling this house is going to, you know, say it's a, a hundred grand house. That's going to cost you seven hundred and fifty quid. If it's a hundred and fifty or two hundred grand, it costs you a grand. If it's you know if it's more than that, it's going to cost you a two grand or whatever, and it depends on how big you know how you know what catchment the the um, the house falls in. But other estate agents do it on a percentage fee, so it kind of works out the same no matter where you go. But I find that if it's on a percentage, the estate agents try and sell it for more. You know they'll try and push it for more. If it's on a fixed, they don't care. This house was on a fixed. And the estate agent, he wasn't even trying to sell it to me. He just, you know, he, he didn't he didn't seem that bothered. We were really excited when we looked at it, and we were and, and he, he just was like, "Yeah, you can have a look at the loft if you want." Yeah, no, it's like you've been selling it for ages, oh, but really rubbish. See that, it's so funny to me because in in my life, because I come from America, I never sold property in America. I was always a renter. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my family owns. The, their own properties and things like that. But I was always a renter. At a young age, one does not just simply get a mortgage. I mean, this just doesn't work out that way. But um, <clears throat> I tend to find, um, like, we had several different realtors show up, and they each, as most people do, have their own unique personality, right? So the first one we had, when he showed up, he, he it, that's what it kind of felt like. It felt like one of those... He looked around. He's like, yeah, this is what I think you can get for this. Um, you know, if you're interested, here's my card. Um, you know, you just let me know. Uh, the second one, he was definitely more enthusiastic, but he gave us a fixed rate. Mm. Um, but the way that he was phrasing things, it made so much more sense. And that's the third one who walked in. And even before we had finished going over everything, he goes, ah, see, Modern method of auction. That's what's going to be best. It's like he walked in already ready to pitch that to us, which just kind of felt awkward and weird. I think it might depend on the property as well. You know, it depends on the value of the property. And I don't know how much your house is worth. And my my last house was on the lower end of the scale. And and the place that I live, the area that I live, the houses on the lower end of the scale have an absolute top limit. I mean, my house, I bought it for... I think it was around about eighty-five thousand, uh, quite a few years that ago. That sounds about what this house was when it. Well, not uh, the this house when it like twenty some years ago. Yeah, like, yeah, something like that for mine. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, and I could sell it for an absolute top limit. I'd spent fifty thousand pounds on it at one hundred and ten, maybe one hundred and fifteen if you get the right buyer. Very unlikely. You know that that was the most I could get for that house, no matter what I did to it. But there was wasn't any land to expand. I couldn't build an extension, and that goes back to your original kind of point about what can you do to the house to make it worth more money. Doesn't matter what anyone tells you, 
whitewashing the walls is all you need to do internally as long as there's not any big holes anywhere or any big cracks but the only other thing you can do to to increase the value of your house is install an extension install a conservatory you know build a garage something that builds something or adds space or adds a room that's the only thing that really gives it any more you know everything else thousands of pounds isn't much when it comes to the to the housing market and that's the negotiation you know that someone might offer you five grand less or five grand more if they really 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 want the house see if I you've find got that other people fascinating because in our area and this is why i'm starting to think that our area is a lot more prime than i think like on our on the various estates that are in our area including some in our estate you know the house is started out really really cheap and from what we heard you know back in the i think it was the 80s you couldn't sell property in this you couldn't give it away in the area that we're in but now it is such a prime place we're seeing homes in this area go for like 190 and they're like old looking <laughs> so it's it's such a weird thing on how the market shifts all over the place with value but <laughs> i i think I think that's kind of the thing. Like, for me, I want to move as soon as I possibly can. In America, it's weird because the way that it works in America is you go and you view a house that is on sale. It makes no difference if someone is currently living there or not. You go and you view it. Once you have viewed it and you come up with your little bargaining arrangement, you say, this is what I am going to do. I'm going to purchase this house. The other person goes, oh, okay, right. They have to get out of the way. There is no such thing as a chain. So it's one of those, okay, cool. We'll be vacated by X day. Like it's expected that if a house is on the market and someone agrees to the offer, the process is pushed. And Mm. nine times out of 10, it's so, it's, it's a, it's a faster process than it is here and i'm like i want to be moved by my birthday and i Mm. am so not looking forward to knowing that i won't be able to move until christmas like the a couple of uh this the whole process of stuff uh, involving there was something about a stamp duty thing that one of the realtors was telling us where they were talking about how it used to be really quick even with chains you used to be able to move within like three months now, because of all of the backlog that has ended up happening um, and the realtors pushing to try to get this stamp duty thing paused or continued paused or whatever, was because it's taking so much time to process things through that it can take up to six months to move. Yeah. We, and um... I, I don't want to be here six months from now. I want to be gone sooner. But when I we also moved... understand that the market's volatile right now. We moved when the first stamp duty. I was very lucky because I've moved into a much more expensive property, and it would the stamp duty would have been eight or nine thousand pounds just just for the joy of moving, just for the absolute, just just from moving from one place to another. I would have to pay the government seven or eight thousand pounds. It's utterly atrocious. Out of anyway. curiosity, did that come from the mortgage? Like, do you did you is that because we wanted to ask? We haven't had a chance to ask our mortgage advisor about this yet. But the stamp duty is that something you just have to produce before you do the process? You need to have you, that in you cash. Have to find the money out of somewhere or get credit to do okay. it if you re- don't do that. But so stamp duty is something it's, you have to pay on the house. We just didn't know whether we needed to have it ready to go 
or yeah. whether it was something that could be part of the process. That's actually really so good for us to know. My first house, which was, as I said, around £80,000, at the time, I think the stamp duty limit was about ninety or 100000 If you got a house that was worth less than that, you, um, you didn't have to pay stamp duty at all. So I was exempt from stamp duty when I bought my first house. When I moved into this house, which, as I said, is considerably more expensive... Um, I didn't have to pay any stamp duty because they had a stamp duty break because of the, all the COVID thing, and they were trying to get people to move houses and keep the market the market buoyant. They just extended it as well. So just before we went through, when our uh, they're tapering it down now, apparently. So it started off with a hundred percent stamp duty free, and then I think it went some to something like right now you're going to get fifty percent of your stamp duty off. And I don't know what state it's in now, but it was tapering down as far as I understood. Um, and and it's probably going to I don't know maybe maybe now it'll be you have to pay your full stamp duty but it depends on the size of your house again and I can't remember what the percentage is but it works out that you have to pay a percentage of what you buy your house for to the government. I'm going to take and my hat off to my husband. My husband bought this house before I moved over. Uh, it's a lovely three bedroom, um, and I will. I think that was probably one of the smartest things he did, not knowing he was doing something smart. <laughs> because I love them. If moments. you think of, oh yeah, it's it's one of those. Sure, uh, someone someone said a phrase to me recently, and I think I, I think it fits here. It's past me, th- uh, prepping me or rewarding me for where I'm at right now. Someone's like, that's whenever I find like a five quid in my pocket or something like that. I thank my past me for being smart enough to know I need it right now, kind yeah. of a deal. And I think that's the case here because in this area, it has definitely evolved to be a much better place, and. The fact that it's a three-bedroom house is very fitting for families. Mm. And because it's like a it's really prime for first-time buyers, it's just like this is the best thing that he did without realizing he was doing a really good thing. <laughs> so, but yes, I, think, I, uh, I don't know where the stoop the, the stoop duty, the stamp duty is. That doesn't make sense why you gotta pay the uh, but that's, you pay that's you pay for the new house no you don't pay for your old house you pay for your new house you don't pay mm. stamp duty for moving you know you could sell your house and you don't have to pay any stamp duty you have if you buy a house you have to pay stamp duty but certain buildings certain and i don't know the criteria look it up the, the certain buildings that are worth more money are exempt from stamp duty for certain reasons such as you know i think listed buildings things like that might be exempt it's all about I, oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to rant about how much tax we all pay to the government <laughs> in the UK. But the, the the fact that we have to pay tax to move house annoys the hell out of me. It's like, oh well, you, you know, you're moving, so why not just just give us a chunk of your money as well? What for? What, what have you done? You're you're not the one who's who's developed neuralgia from carrying five hundred boxes from one house to another. You're not the one who's oh, living here. Oh, 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 don't even get me started. So. My husband and I, because of the fact that um, I have an injury on my knee and it impacts my ability to lift and move things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what you keep telling him. That's what you keep telling him. (laughs) If you want to see the glorious size of my knee when it swells, it'll be great. (laughs) But like, um, so we were were talking about how we want to prep for everything and we realized we're going to have to also get a storage locker. And what we're going to have to do is very slowly box things up as we're not working or anything else like that, and then start storing things. 
inside of a storage place. Because if we have this place mostly empty, even if we have to rent a B&B for like a month or something while we're waiting for our next house to go or get ready for us when we go to move, that actually works in our favor. Because apparently the less that's in the home, the faster you can sell something because people can actually go, oh, I'm interested. They don't have as much time to have second doubts or well, what have you. We- we had our second choice, uh, other than this house, was another house. It, it turned out not to be appropriate for us, but there was a family living there, but it was also classed as no chain because they said that they were moving to a town just five miles away. But they said, we've got somewhere to move to. So they were going to rent. I think they actually said that to us when we when we went to see the house when they were there. We're going to rent. We're going to, you know, we're going to stay with family or whatever. We're going to put stuff in storage, the same as that. And that's fine. If there's no chain, there's no chain. I don't actually know what happens if there's a chain. I don't know if you have to wait until people move or there is a limit. You know, if I've bought your house and I've, you know, I've put the deposit down, I've paid, you know, I've got the mortgage sorted and everything else. I have bought your house. Surely there must be something in English law that says I've never bought a chained house. So I wouldn't know if this is fact or not. Um, but there must be something that says you have a maximum of six months or 12 months to, to get out. Well- I, there's there's actually something I can say that, but first I want to make a comment for Exigetio, who pointed out it also doesn't show the lack of storage space. That is not a problem with this house. This house has lots of storage space. That's definitely not a problem, but <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, giving people the ability to see it with quote-unquote fresh eyes gives them a much better chance to see things. But in regards to the whole chain thing, here's the interesting part. The amount of homes that we have been just gazing at, because we've just been looking around online for different homes in different areas, because we have a flexibility with this whole working from home thing to be able to kind of pick and choose different areas where we might want to live. And there are a lot of homes that end up saying things like, hey, we put up because of broken chain. So there is something that still allows chains to break. There may or may not be penalties involved, but there mm. is still something that can happen there. <laughs> you viewed a Sorry. house that had 29 <laughs> toilets? My wife has just said that in chat. Um, yeah, so we <laughs> we went... We we view obviously as when you when you look at the houses you look for lots look through lots of different houses. We had quite a lot of fun doing it, and I'm very lucky that my wife's got a very short attention span. But when we were looking at houses, she didn't read. You could tell when we walked in, she didn't like it immediately. You know, I I would always give the agent the time of day. You know, and I'd make sure that I, I looked at everything and I was like, see what the potential is, and I'd open every cupboard and and. But she'd be like, no, nah, don't like it. Uh, you know, she wouldn't say it out loud, but you could tell by her face. But this one house we went to see, it was on a hill that was like this for one to start off with, and we went inside and it smelled of smoke. Like some the the people the owners have been smokers, um, and we're not smokers, so we could smell it very prominently. Um, and then we went into every, every room. All of the counters were all a lot lower, so it was it was built for someone who was in a wheelchair or someone who's disabled. But this person who was in a wheelchair or disabled, they obviously needed the toilet. And when they needed the toilet, sorry, they had to go to the toilet because every single mm-hmm. room, every room, and I'm talking about the kitchen, there was there was a toilet right next to the kitchen, which we thought was well, the first room we saw. Great, there's a toilet downstairs. Excellent, you know, second toilet. Yeah. Went upstairs, went into the main. We saw the main toilet and and bath and and everything, and we thought it's a decent size. It's all right. Went into the bedroom, and the estate agent. We were we started 
giggling like hell. Honestly, we could not stop it. And the estate agent thought that we'd sold the house to us because we were so happy and giddy. But we were just... <laughs> every room... Uh, honestly, we they opened a cupboard. They, they slid the, the, you know, the glass door back. Toilet in there. Toilet, a little toilet in there. Closed it. It's just like just like a wardrobe, and they just opened it, and there's a toilet in it. And then we went into the second bedroom, Surprise, and there was toilet. another one. And then the third bedroom we went into, there was another toilet in there. But we we were just joking at the time. We said, "Oh, is there a toilet in this one as well?" And she went, "Yeah," and opened it. <laughs> it's just like Jesus. I mean, like there was four toilets upstairs and one toilet downstairs. So my, my wife's exaggerating ever so slightly, but at the same time. <laughs> say 29 toilets is a hell of a lot of toilets. <laughs> to be honest I, I have to say we have seen some real corkers just looking around through places like right move and you know places that are put up on different websites uh, and things and there are some absolute corkers of homes there are homes that really show the personality of the people who live there like for yep. example one wall was animal print of leopard the other was tiger print <sighs> like Beautiful. it's it's just amazing <laughs> Amazing. Like the way I look at it is whenever we move, when we move, we are going to have to <laughs> probably decorate before we move things out of storage. It's it's just no one's ever gonna have the same personality as you. So you might want the rooms a, a different color or what have of you. Of course, yeah. But oh my goodness. And let my husband handle that. Sorry, that is an alert. Ooh, Josie, I didn't tell you to mute your phone, so it's my fault. No, that's an alert, an alert alert. That's a site that went down, so my husband's going to take care uh, of it for me, so I don't need to. It's one of the beautiful things of having your husband work with you. Um, but I also want to answer for Exegetio the question about chains. Are you actually familiar with chains? Because uh, I don't know where you happen to be from Exegetio. So there is a thing that is... Uh, Known as a chain here in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, we don't is... we don't have that in other cultures necessarily. Um, my, no. my wife's also just just said that this with the same house with the toilets. When we viewed it online, you know, on Right Move, uh, lots lots of photos, etc. And there's one of the kitchen. And it was quite new. The kitchen had just been done, and it had like a little circuit. You know, like them um, when you're in an office and you've got those circles cut into a into a desk where the cables go. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So it had one of those in the in the kitchen, and I was like, "What? What's that?" And we were trying to guess what it was, and I said it was a little bin, and and Sal didn't really, you know, she didn't guess. I don't think I can't remember if she, if she came up with anything, but either way, we were convinced it was a bin. And when we went there, it was uh, one of them push down, pull up, plug things. So it raised up, and there was like six plugs you could plug into. But we were we were just hysterical just because a we thought it was a little cozy. bin. A plug cozy, yes. But, uh, a plug loads cozy. Of, I mean, for, I, I'm sure that house has been sold to someone who is differently abled and, you know, needs it. But we were in hysterics with e the toilets in every wardrobe. There weren't just doors into a toilet. They were inside wardrobes. They were hidden away in, <laughs> inside a walk-in wardrobe. Anyway. I, I, oh, man. I, I just think the whole process behind selling, it's so stressful. There's a lot of hurry up and waiting. And I find that to be one of the most annoying things because you need to hurry up and get the documentation together. And then you need to hurry up and, you know, prepare your house for uh, selling. And then it's a lot of you just wait. Don't, and that waiting um, period just annoys me. 
I think the number one piece of advice I can give anyone who's selling the house is do not be afraid to chase and ring your solicitors. Don't just leave them to it because they've got thousands of cases on or thousands of things that are going on. And if you don't chase them, it might delay you by another week. And and all it is is a phone call, you know? Because um, I, I didn't. I was... Sorry, I, I did. I, I didn't chase, like, incessantly, but I did make sure I checked in with them at least once a week to make sure things were moving and make sure that, you know, the next step in the... And I understood what all of the steps were as well, and he was very clear with me. And that's another thing with a solicitor is try and find one that is transparent and isn't just, we'll deal with it all for you. Don't worry about it. And make sure that you find one that gives you good advice, yeah. for example, about, you know, go and, you know, make sure you go and check the neighborhood out. Apparently, conveyances are supposed to, and I've never heard of this before, but... Um, What's a conveyance? Uh, someone, My brain feels A conveyance brain. is when you buy a house, that is a conveyance, or when you... So, I have... Um, oh. oh, right, right. The original, okay, the original documents... The the original documents that uh, that come with the sale of the land, it is a conveyance of land. It passes from the builder or the person who owns the land originally, who has sectioned it off and said that this piece of land is going to be designated for building for a house. That's the original conveyance, and that's kind of passed on. So conveyancing is the act of a solicitor taking all, you know, gathering all of the documentation, doing all of the searches, and then passing them on to, you know, the 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 sorry getting them from the vendor and passing them on to the buyer um, so yeah that, there's two meanings there but they're, they're related yeah yeah they're related yeah um Ugh. i i have never in my life experienced stress like moving house ever it's i've i've changed lots of changed jobs lots of times i you know i've i've mm. been married i've i've not had kids i can't experience that and I, you know i, ne- I never mm. will um I've, I've experienced lots of stress in, I've, I've experienced extremely stressful jobs that that i've had to leave but never have i experienced stress like moving house even though i am very organized and my wife and i worked together you know we were clear we were very very organized with what we would what we needed to do when we moved we changed our address for everything that we possibly could and we didn't really miss anything maybe one or two little things that weren't important but we were very very clear we had spreadsheets and everything the actual day of moving <laughs> house. Sounds like my husband and I right now. <laughs> do not skimp on the, the the mover. Find someone to help you move. And I imagine you've got a lot of stuff. Look, you know, looking at your backdrop from when I have when you've got your camera. Um, I, I imagine you've got a lot of stuff <laughs> when like the camera's me. Working. Um, yeah. I've got you know I've got loads of gear, and having them help me move it was I couldn't have done it without them. I just you know four hundred five hundred quid for the day for moving it's it's well worth it absolutely well see that's why we're looking at doing a storage facility because you know there's a, a couple of storage facilities that have in my opinion a really nice like covered cost and you know internal storage and security and twenty four hour hour access and things like that. It gives us the opportunity to also, you know, trim things down as we go, going, we don't really need this, we'll just throw this away or what have you. And we can just get everything together and put into that um, area. And that means then that when we do move, like the moving of our bed and stuff like that, we could actually just rent a van and do it ourselves. My, my husband has moved like nine of our friends. They owe him. 
And that is all I am going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, if you've got so, other people to help you, then that's that's fine. We didn't. Oh, yeah. Everyone that we know in the local area, all of my younger friends who could have helped me have moved away. Um, and all of the people who who we still know here are too old or ill to help have helped us. And I don't have many friends because nobody likes me. Simple as that. <gasps> you know. I do. <laughs> you couldn't have helped me, though. You're in Leeds. It's no, miles away. Not it's- just that. My knee wouldn't <laughs> let me. My knee wouldn't let me, sadly. But, but no, if you've got people see. to help you, absolutely call in those favours because it, it is. It's. I mean, I'm sure you've moved house before. I'm sure Dan's moved house before. But it's still, to me, I was umming and ahhing about it. I was like, oh, I can do it all myself. It's just, I just hire a van and do it. For me, no. I'm so glad that I had. I had six burly blokes. You know, bigger than I'm a big lad, but bigger than bigger than me, <laughs> much bigger than me. <laughs> just lifting things up with one that filing cabinet behind me. One uh-huh. guy picked that up. One guy picked that up. It was empty, but he still picked it up with one hand, just picked it up and walked it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are you going to kill yourself, mate? What's wrong with you? It's, it's so <laughs> funny. It's, it's, I learned about this when I moved to this country because this is not a thing in the United States. Man with a van. Yeah. That whole advertisement thing. The man with the we van. We could be men with very van. common. Men with Ven. Yes, that's that entire thing is such a unique concept to this country. I was tickled pink when I learned about it here. But that's the thing. When when you work with movers, at least in the United States, because in the United States, if someone is moving, very rarely is it someone moving, you know, 50 miles. Usually it's someone moving cross state. You know, when you're starting to deal with that level of time and stuff like that, there are moving companies that do nothing but this type of work. Dude, you want people who know how to lift the objects without hurting themselves. They Do they have or back they braces themselves, on and they everything? hurt themselves, not me. Well, they've also got insurance, <laughs> right? Right. You'll find, yeah. well, yeah. Um, you'll find that the most of the people that I, I hired, uh, most of the people I that I spoke to, rather. statement and check. I have never heard it. Those moving guys were henches F. <laughs> yes, they were. There was one guy. I mean, he must have. I mean, they, they all go to the gym all the time. That's all they they, they do with it. When they're not lifting things, they're lifting things in the gym, you know. One of the guys, the guy who ran the business, in fact, he was just, he was quite short. But he, he was the guy who picked that up. He, there was something else that he picked up. Well, that's it. I've got um, a bear tree um, in, a, in a pot that's wider than I am. One hand, one hand like that, just da di da di da. I'm like, mate, you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> I can't believe how how much they can lift, you know. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I recommend I, I, getting someone. I, that that's that's one of the things, and I think one of the reasons why we also wanted to use the storage company um, that we were looking at. One of the things that they do is once you're like got everything packed up and everything. They show up with a guy in a van, and he brings with him the the trolleys and everything else that is used to mm. move the objects and things like that. And then when you get to the location, they have all of the equipment and everything, but it is on you to move it yourself. But they have all the safety equipment and stuff to help you move things safely. All right. So it's it's one well, of those these things these guys. Where- you just label the boxes, and they just pick them up and put them where you tell them to put them. You know, that's going in the garage, that's going in the living room, and they'll they'll take everything, and they won't set it up for you. You know, that's up to you to do. But they will oh, take no. it into every room, which is is good on both sides. Considering we had stairs huh. that were like that, 
in the old house as well. I was glad for them. I really was. Oh, no, no. That is... Since you got the bungalow, we've actually started putting bungalows into our searches because the idea of having everything on one floor is so appealing. It is so The only thing... The only thing I don't like about a bungalow is that as I get older, my legs are going to get weaker, if you know what I mean, because I'm not going up and down stairs all mm-hmm. the time. Um, that is a fair point. Other, and there's also a privacy aspect as well. Luckily, we've got a, quite a big front and back garden. So the if we're walking around in the bedroom, we're on the bottom floor and people from the houses opposite us, they could theoretically look in and see us. Um, so there's a slight privacy issue, but there's trees and, you know, in the summer it's okay. The, the front isn't a problem because you don't really see in, but it, that's the only only downside, you know, I would say. It's interesting you say that because um, where we live, we're at the top of a sloping hill. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. a very nice sloping hill. It's nothing horrific, but we're at the very top, um, which means... We, if we wanted to look through our windows, we can see down into the homes across the street because they're at a much lower level than our own home. Um, and I, I, one of the things, especially with the, all of the crazy stuff that's happening with climates and stuff like that, is you know I'd like to still stay at the top of a hill if we can possibly find a place, <laughs> not just for privacy reasons, but for flooding reasons yeah. as well. I mean, that's something that well. I never thought I'd have to look into, but we found this really beautiful property. Like it, the property was absolutely beautiful. And we were looking at it and we're going, why is this house priced so low? And it's because they were right by like the river air or something like that. And like across the way floods. was like a power plant, you know? And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I just want to be. Yeah, I mean, I, again. <laughs> I saw an absolutely gorgeous when we were looking, it was like 130,000 pounds. Um, or something like that. It was somewhat fairly low, and um, God, considering my father paid eight thousand pounds for his house, one hundred and thirty thousand pounds being low is ridiculous, isn't it? It's utterly ridiculous how how expensive yeah. houses are. Um, but my anyway, grandfather this, this bought house his house was, for twenty seven and sold it for like five hundred. It's just the <laughs> the original conveyance for this uh, house. As I said, it's written. You know, it's it's handwritten. Um, and it's really interesting bit of history because it gives you the person who you know it tells you all of the people who bought it. Um, I can't remember the names of them now, but it's all the people who bought it and and where who they bought it from. And um, I think they bought the land for something like seven hundred pounds, and it's a huge block of land because it's a bungalow with big gardens. So it's like it's it's ridiculous how how much this land now. I don't know what you pay for it. Maybe not as much as the house, but you'd still pay a good chunk, you know? Well, the developers. Yeah. Um, mm. I got off track then. I was talk- You were talking about something, and I was going to respond to it. Gone? Uh, uh, oh, oh, being on a hill, having privacy. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I live, I live on the filed coast, and the filed coast, filed means flat. Um, I don't know where that comes from exactly, filed, but... Um, so basically, my house is about three miles, two and a half miles inland from the sea, but it's the same level as the houses on the coast, you know, right on the coast. So if if Blackpool floods, we all flood. 
if you know what I mean. But they've got pretty good sea defences because they're kind of prepared for that. But apparently by oh, 2030, no, most of Blackpool is going to be... By 2030, which is what? Eight years away, apparently all of Blackpool is going to be underwater. Dumb. That was a study that, you know, read worst case mm. scenario catastrophe and also if we don't try and mitigate it, which we will, because why wouldn't you, you know? We are humans at the yeah. end of the day. But yeah, so um, uh, flooding's a real thing, but... I'm not sure I worry Aww. too much about it unless the, the house currently floods, which well, they have to declare, by the way, I think. That is something that uh, my husband pointed out when I mentioned it, because it was only just recently that I mentioned it. And he said, yes, well, we'll have to look at the flood reports. And I just went, flood reports? <laughs> like the tiny yeah. little girl in me was like, oh, man, I'm glad I know how to swim. But my electronic <laughs> equipment, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I must oh. protect that. My, my electronic equipment's all on a desk, so I'll be fine, surely, if we flood. be fine. Yeah, and where are your plugs? My plugs are... Ah, uh, uh, you see? Got you there. Do you want to see my plugs? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, look, for, everyone. For anyone watching on the podcast, my plugs are on a dado rail that I had custom-built for my home office when I moved into... Is that when I moved into this new house. This area. It's just this room, so you know the rest of the house doesn't matter. But as long as I can keep working with my feet in water, and I've got a standing desk as well, so I've got another two foot that I can <laughs> I can wade in. So I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, and now my husband has also just put in chat. I'm glad I know how to swim because he's quoting me. But I'm joking. My husband knows how to swim. He's being silly. I actually, growing up, I was on the swim team, so I know how to swim. In fact, one of my favorite things, and this is such a tangent, but one of my favorite things when we were in the swim team is we'd be dressed in our sweats and our shoes and things that we would go to all the tri- uh, all the run uh, swim meets, sorry, that we were involved in, yep. and we had to jump into the pool and tread water with our arms above our head. That was one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to do because it was really easy for me. So when all that came off, it was just like, I'm floating. So... <laughs> <laughs> But that I, is yeah, I was a big I fan of swimming. I, I say a big fan. I still love swimming, but I haven't done it for a while. I, I, my wife I did some done it um, in in a couple of years ago. I think she went uh, wild swimming in one of the local rivers with uh, with some friends, and uh, I would have went in with them, but I had to be the gentleman and look after all of the goods that were left on the side. Of course, it wasn't anything to do with me being terrified of going in live water and dying or anything like that. It was because I was being a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough that sounds ever so slightly sarcastic actually okay so you know and again this is just another tangent but i have a feeling we're getting closer to the end of our show so it's really great to go off on wild wild tangents when i was younger i always i grew up with jaws mm-hmm. now here's the thing i grew up uh, in florida on the coast of florida the gulf in fact so i spent Day after day at the beach, swimming, being on boats and things like that. So I grew up basically with gills, right? Mm -hmm. I have no problems getting into the water of the sea, even though you have most of the time barely any real way of seeing through it unless you're in some kind of paradise place where the water is really clear, etc. Put me in a pool, and I swear to God, Jaws is going to come up out of the grate at the bottom of the pool. And it made swim teams so much fun because I would rush to get to the deep end, and then I'd be like, I am 
Audi. So I'd kick turn and whoosh, I was out of there as fast as I could be because I didn't want Jaws to come up from the grate. Absolutely irrational, horrific. Absolutely irrational. I don't expect Jaws to come from the sea. <laughs> I expect it to come from that damn I'm, grate I'm at the bottom worried. of that 19-foot pool. I'm more worried about oh. catching a disease from the pool than I am Jaws coming through the grate. But the chlorine in there. Oh, that as well, yeah. Sore eyes, sore everything, you know. But Well, this is why you wear goggles. Yeah, but... Yeah, again, if you, I used to go to the pool to uh, to chat girls up. That was one of my things. Weird. It sounds weird. <laughs> sounds weird. But no, hang on. No. When I was a child, I went to chat girls of my age up at the pool. Let me just point that out. <laughs> that was one of my Clarification. courting. Yeah, one of my courting things was I went. There was a, a local forum that they called, they called it Billingham Forum. I lived in the northeast, um, and. Um, I went swimming there, I went ice skating, I did loads of sports and I did, I, I remember I did, uh, going off on a tangent again here, I did um, uh, what circuit training because I, I wanted to go in the army when I was a kid um, and one of the things I was I was trying to do was build up my stamina and build up my thing and I did this circuit training and it was the first time and the only time I've ever in my life done so much exercise that I threw up and I couldn't not throw up. I was so exhausted at that I, I had to just run got the piss took out on me by everybody there for the rest of my life but it was uh yeah, it was fun <laughs> but yeah the, the pool Man. was where i used to go to i used to go to chat women to women chat girls up because you know that was well, kind of what for me the pool was always the place where i got to swim for well, long periods of time yeah and i i love that like, th- there was a pool in, like, the local place where I lived when I was really young, about seven or eight years old. And, you know, it was just a local pool for the massive estate because in America you have pools on estates that are mm-hmm. <laughs> manned by lifeguards and stuff like that. I spent every weekend when that thing opened up there because I I lived and breathed water. Same. I, I mean, I, I did that as well. I didn't just chat girls up. I actually was... A member of the swim team and you know i held mm. records for my school and all kinds of stuff i loved swimming and i still love swimming and if i get back into it every now and again every few years i kind of get a bug for it at the moment i'm a little yeah. bit afraid to go to a pool because of the whole covid thing i don't really it's it's you know it's it's quite a contained area my, i don't really want to be doing that yeah but, my, um, my concern is finding a place that allows me to do the lap swimming like i'm used to because every time I've gone to like the local gyms and things like that, that actually do have pools, um, it's usually just, you know, a bunch, it's either set aside time for kids to play, mm-hmm. it's set aside time for schools to show up, or it's time when the old biddies and things like to go and do their little tiny lapping and things like that. Whereas for me, if I get into the water, my intent is to push my body because, because yeah. I have that bad knee, it is zero impact on my body and i have yet to find a place that has the ability to just go and swim in a lane without because i would be passing people and i would be really concerned about the disruption that could cause so all public pools in the uk are the same though they have schedules in my experience at least anyway they have schedules and like early in the morning it's early birds and yes it's full of old older women who are chatting and nattering but they're swimming lengths but i'd get in with my goggles on, 
you know, with my my little skimpy speedos on. You know, I'd, I'd have, I'd, I'd, I'd have, you know, my water as well because I know you're in water, you but drinking water is really important. Hell. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. And I'd have my, I'd even have my earplugs, and I didn't use no plugs. I didn't need them, but everything else, you know, mm. goggles and everything, I'd, I'd be, I'd be ready for it. I'd jump in a lane, and there's always a fast lane, a medium lane, and then a slow lane. And none of them were suitable for me. The slow lane was none way too slow. The medium was too mm-hmm. slow as well. But the fast lane, it was just rapid, and I couldn't keep up with them. So I needed between medium and, and fast. But you couldn't yep. go in the main pool because that's where all the old biddies were, you know, jumping. Maybe so I, I have look this- for a private pool. Well, I, I I was considering building a really long, thin pool in my back garden because I've got a fairly decent length, not quite Olympic length, but it's a decent length, you know. And I could, but I'd have to dig it out, and oh, maybe in the future, maybe I don't know. Hey, but just think, you could get yourself another micro digger. A, a what? A micro digger. Oh, micro! My, right, yes, micro digger. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually thinking of getting one anyway because I've got a few other things I need digging out. You see. Oh, and I enjoyed great. it. I enjoyed it so much. It was wonderful. I oh. still didn't get you a photo, did I? No, I am still waiting for a picture of you and that little micro digger. I'm going to make a little <laughs> I'm note sure. now. I'm, gonna make sh- I'm sure at some point in my life I will see this. Well, I'll be like 80 going, and Chris will be like, oh, remember that thing I was telling you about? I've I'll got- be like, what? <laughs> I've just written, I'm going to try and cover my address up because it's on here, but I've just written Josie Microdigger on this bit of important mail that I need to open tomorrow, so oh, I'll send it to you. Fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> send it to you tomorrow. Uh, but we, we are definitely at the, I think, a good stopping point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone. We are at the end of our show. Thank you all for joining in. It was fantastic to have people chat, and I know there are quite a few people watching who haven't said anything. I see you hearts to you and stuff like that um thank you to everyone who is listening in on the future uh in the future with the podcast in the now for yourself in the future for us i bet <laughs> i bet people uh-huh. aren't able to chat because the, our, our new moderator your lovely husband changed everything so everyone has to be ultra verified before they're allowed to chat so if that is a problem get in touch with us and let us know we might relax it a little bit but at the same time Oh, I don't think it's that. Just no. because you have to be verified account does not mean that it's super hard lax or hard lax. That is so much an oxymoron. We'll see. It's overly done. See, but let us know anyway. <laughs> but anyway, you can visit us, uh, visit our website on www.twitch. Uh, sorry, no. That's our thing that we're on now, <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash DNI stream. Our website is DNI stream.live and everything, all of our links and all of our podcasts uh, are on there. You can get on our spot, you know, find us on Spotify and, and Apple and everything else uh, that we do. And all our social media channels, which we don't really use uh, also on. <laughs> um, and uh, you can use it to contact us as well if you want to be a guest on the show for any reason if you want to come and natter rubbish for an hour um, or half an hour that's pretty much what we're doing now i think i don't think we've got we uh, do you know what tomorrow is my first Mm -hmm. day back working in a professional capacity for a month i've had a i've had a month off which i think i mentioned last last uh, yes you did but tomorrow's my first day back into it, and it's full on it's not going to be a an easy into it because that's the the life of a contractor is do nothing, do nothing, do nothing, do everything all at once. And do everything all so at once. Yep. 
because I've had a month off and because I've I have I have properly had a month off the computer. I've maybe turned it on three or four times in the last month, and that's usually to just do a three D design for the garden or look something up online. You know, figure some even more, even that I can do on the tablet. So tomorrow is going to be a baptism of fire a little bit because I might have forgotten how to type. And that's a fundamental <laughs> skill that, you know, that us programmers need. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend um, keybr.com. That'll help you remember how to talk. Yep. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. One, one of those. That'll, that'll help you. Speed test or something you, like that. It's not a speed test, but it does help you uh, get faster at typing. Um, highly recommended. <laughs> but yes, sure. uh, we, well, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm sure, I'm sure I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh. I'm sure you will. Worst comes to worst, you hunt and pack. Yeah. Um, but yes, we hope to see you all next week, Monday, 6 p.m. BST here at twitch.tv slash DNI stream. All that is left to say is a goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Yee.